Welcome to Everything's Totally Fine. I'm Allie Hawk, and I'll be your host this week. Every other Tuesday, we bring you people who share stories about their lives. These aren't just any people. They're the toughest we can find. Join us to hear about the times we pretend everything's totally fine. Our guest this week is Michael Jordan. He's not the basketball player. I met him at Michigan State, and he graduated with a degree in telecommunications. He went on from there to work on Jimmy Fallon's Late Night Show, and is now an assistant editor for Universal Pictures. He's one of the nicest guys I know, and I'm so glad to have him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this, is, this happened in high school, and at this point, I really had never... Inter- I, I really didn't interact with people <laughs> very well at this point. I never really had any friends or anything. I was extremely awkward. Uh, I had acne, just setting the scene here, had acne, uh, face creams for my acne at this time that I wore to school. So I'm, I'm like all self-conscious and weird. People don't talk to me. I don't know what to do. So uh, anyway, this was in history class in 10th grade. Um, the girl who sat next to me actually looked over at me and said something to me for once, um, and this had never happened before. And she told me, you always smell nice. What kind of fabric softener do you use? And I was like, well, I don't know. My mom, you know, does my laundry. I was like, you know, I want to really come through for this girl. So I went home. I asked my mom what kind of fabric softener she uses. And she, she was like, oh, why are you asking? I was like, oh, this girl said I smelled nice. And she got all excited and she was like, oh, well, let me write it down for you. So she got out, she always, my mom is the sweetest person. She always has like nice stationery with like a little mouse on it or whatever. So she got out her little paper and she wrote down exactly what she uses, the brand and like little instructions. Cause she did something special like, uh, like downy with a pinch of salt or something like that, you know? So she was very specific. She wrote it all nice for me, and she gave it to me to give to the girl. And so uh, the next day I went back to class. And you and have the piece of paper, and how are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm nervous because I have to talk to somebody, and I remember practicing taking the paper out of my uh, pocket because mm-hmm. I was... Where did you practice? Um, in the bathroom before going to school that day. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, on the bus I had it, like, here. And it's like, okay, it's right here. Making sure it wasn't getting wrinkly or anything mm-hmm. like that in my pocket. So history class came. I was like, okay, do I do this before the bell or, like, right after? Or what do I do? But um, I did it before the bell. And I, I, I looked over at the girl as she was sitting down. I was like, oh, hey. And she was like, hi. And I was like, uh, I, I, I found out what fabric softener uh, I use. And I remember exactly she went, what? And that was it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's on. My mom wrote it down. And she's like, oh. (laughs) And she didn't take the paper or anything. Um, And that was it. That was the last time I ever talked to this girl. (laughs) And the last time she ever talked to me. We sat sat next to each other. (laughs) Yeah, but we, like, just stared straight ahead. We didn't talk. But of course, I didn't tell my mom that she didn't take the paper. So did your mom ask you about how it went? Yeah, she asked me, oh, did you give the paper? And it's like, oh, yeah, she said thank you. And she was like happy and stuff. And you know. she's like, smells great now. <laughs> she smells so much better. Yeah, it's kind of that girl's loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. She's probably using like, I don't know, the Kmart brand. Or something yeah, and with no salt added. No salt. That's the problem. I can totally relate to that feeling of 
over preparing myself for a social situation Mm -hmm. and then it just it just doesn't go well if I do that yeah it's because when you're preparing I think you know you you set up the simulation in your head at least for me and so it's almost scripted at that point and then when it doesn't match when you get that cognitive dissonance it's like it throws you off and then yeah it's frustrating makes yeah. you sweaty it makes me sweaty it makes me panic i feel okay. like i'm literally going off the rails then <laughs> because i had rails and mm-hmm. so then if it doesn't go how i expected yeah, yeah then i like i feel like i'm like floating above myself <laughs> and get very disconnected mm-hmm. and it's not smooth or comfortable for the other person at all no I was in a film class and we had to analyze a scene from a movie and then present it to the class. Mm-hmm. And there were these twins in my grade who would become YouTube famous. These guys had like maybe like over a million views on their videos and everybody's like wants to get a job and we hear that they're like having conversations with Hollywood people and stuff and mm-hmm. and so I made like a so one of the twins was in that class. And so it was like a new friend that I wanted to be friends with and her and I were like still trying to be friends, weren't really sure. So I was like really nervous about her, really nervous about this famous guy who's mm-hmm. not like, it's not famous, but in, your, in my head it was. Yeah. And so I went to go present my scene and it was one of those things where I had, I think I had prepared too much mm-hmm. and I talked so fast. I had it all memorized that I, I, it was almost inaudible. I, I like went through everything so fast. I, I looked at either the floor or the ceiling. I never looked at the people. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was so incredibly awkward. Everybody else, every single person in the class, at the end of their presentation, there was a Q&A mm-hmm. with the person. And mine, right when I was done, he, <laughs> he was like, okay, thank you very much. And then everybody applauded and there was no Q&A because... I know. I think he just like felt I couldn't handle it. And it sounds like with like the situation, like the fabric softener girl, if these things aren't addressed and discussed, then mm-hmm. they become a, a, a bigger thing that it like lives in your psyche for longer, I think. Yeah, it just grows if you don't deal with it. So my friend Mike, um, from we met in college, and we were actually friends, which was cool. This is my first time having friends and stuff. And um, we worked well together. I thought he was a very creative person. He was very funny. And he would have ideas for, for like, websites and stuff. And, like, he had a, a comic that he was doing during his college days about college life and stuff. And I was like, well, you should make a website to publish your comic because he wasn't like putting it anywhere. And so then that was fun for me because I could make a website for him. And he wasn't like very, you know, technical in terms of like updating websites, that kind of stuff. Um, So it was like a cool challenge for me. And it was always this way with his projects. I would find ways to do the hard things and make them easy for him. Mm -hmm. And then... um, the stuff that he was using my inventions for were really cool things. And so it was like a good, uh, 
It was like natural. a symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic relationship. We had been doing this stuff for years, and then we both ended up moving out here to L.A., and he started doing these really cool posters where he would write the lyrics, all these lyrics from, like, uh, all these, ar- from an artist's song. So he would take, like, uh, Radiohead lyrics, all the lyrics from all their songs, and he would write them out in a way varying the the width of the stroke in his writing um, so that if you viewed it from far away, it looked like a portrait of Tom York, for example. Okay. And it was very cool. cool. Um, so he wanted to set up a website where you could buy his artwork. And so that was kind of an added challenge for me, like integrating with payment gateways and all this stuff, like to accept credit cards and all that. So it was a really cool thing. It was, it was a bigger project. It was a more serious project. So I was working on this website, and it was coming up to the deadline. It was like a week out, and I was almost done. And I remember he emailed me early. He was like, hey, we still have a week left. It's fine. I just wanted to check in with you, see how it's going. So me, I I wanted to kind of go above and beyond. I was like, okay, I'm not going to write him back right away. I'm just going to finish the last two things that I have to do. And then when I email him back, like tomorrow, I can just be like, oh, that website, it's done already a week early, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was all excited to do that. But as I got into it, in order to fix the one thing that I had to do, I had to fix these two other things. And so I'm like, oh, okay, uh, this is just going to take me another day. And then I can just write him back and be like, uh, it's done. It's done early. You can launch early or whatever. And a couple days later, he emailed me again, like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Just wanted to check in, see how the website's doing. Let me know. You know, he's just nice about it. Um, And so then at that point, I start getting nervous because I'm like, well, okay, how do I tell him why I didn't just write him back right away? Uh, You know, and and I just have these three things to finish now. And then I could just email him and be like, it's done. It's, it's, It's cool. And I was getting really nervous. And things were taking longer and longer and the deadline was coming up now it was like a few days away and then I got I got hired for a job for a week and I could spend like no time on it and so all of a sudden the deadline came up like the day and he emailed me he's like hey is the website ready just checking in and it wasn't it wasn't ready yet and now I'm thinking I've ignored two of his emails and now there's a third one that I have to write back and now I have to explain why did I not respond to his other two? And uh, now it's the deadline. I have to tell him why it's late now and that I don't really know when I'm going to be able to finish it and all this stuff. And I start freaking out and I don't write him back. <laughs> and then like a week goes by. So now it's a week past <laughs> the deadline and there's this huge pile on. Yes. There's all this stuff I have to do still that I just didn't do because I'm like busy doing a job now and all this stuff. And uh, he emailed me again a week later, like, hey, I hope you're not mad at me. I didn't mean to do anything. Just let me know how the website's coming. Um, Deadline was last week, but it's not a big deal. Like, he's He's still still very nice. He's a nice guy. There's a great opportunity for you to just (laughs) send an email. Yes. All I have to do is be like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm a terrible person. That doesn't redeem me, but that's all I really have to say. And then I can be like, uh, I just need two more days or whatever. And then just actually do it and finish it. But now I'm just like panicking. He emails me again a few days later and I can't even open it at this point. I started a folder in my Gmail called shame. And I just put, whenever he emailed me, I just put it over there. I didn't open it. It's it's still there. I still have unopened emails from him. 
And long story short, I never <laughs> wrote him back again. I never finished his website. You still haven't spoken to him? I have not spoken to him for three years now. And we used to talk like all the time. And I just stopped because I panicked and I dug a hole too deep for myself because I'm just because I'm like such a weird person or whatever. I don't know what it is. I can't deal with people. And so now I I guess our friendship's over. I don't know. Call him right now. Do you have his phone number? No, I'm not, I can't do that. No, no, no. So you'll just never talk to him again? I, I can't. I did this to myself. But, but why I'm, can't you? Well, because now what do I say? Exactly what you just said to me. I mean, I can relate to the idea of feeling that you've gone too far. Uh-huh. But there's an opportunity for redemption. I mean, there must be projects that he started in the last three years, I'm sure. Okay, so I have a couple questions. Okay. How often did you think about it when you started that job for the week? Mm-hmm. How often did you think about him and the project? Um, every day. It was stressing. It was, you know, really weighing on me at that point. Like multiple times during the day would it flash yeah. into your head? And oh, yeah. What did that like look like and feel like? Uh, it was just, it was a, a doom. It felt like doom upon me. Like, there's no good way out of this. He's waiting for his website. It's costing him money because he's not making sales yet and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what am I going to do about this? I don't think there's anything I can do. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just thinking about it that way. And then when did you feel like you reached the point of no return? When you created the shame folder, that was... Yeah, pretty much. I was like, well... <laughs> At that point, there's nothing I can do. And yeah. Yeah, I'd say it was after the deadline I decided that I that I, I can't deal with this anymore and I have to ignore it. <laughs> For the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, I've always been stressed out doing laundry because so growing up I lived in a house and we had our own laundry room and so all day you could do laundry whenever you wanted to and it didn't cost money it wasn't a thing you just throw it in and and forget about it or whatever but anytime I've lived on my own it's either been in a dorm room or an apartment or some situation where there's like public uh, laundry room in the basement Mm -hmm. or or you can go to a laundromat, but either way, it's like public, it costs money, there's people everywhere, they're looking at your clothes, and I don't like it. And I especially hate when people leave their laundry just in the in the dryer, like it's done, and they're just like, oh, I'll get it whenever, when other people need to use the dryers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I always try to make it a point to get down there like before my load is going to end, so I can mm-hmm. be right there to get it out so that other people can use it. So, um, when I was in New York for a little while, I had an internship, and the housing I lived in was kind of like a dormitory-style thing, and specifically for people who had internships in New York City. One day I was doing the laundry downstairs, and it was a particularly stressful laundry room to me because 
there were it was very loud and there were very few facilities there and so they're always in use and you're always like lucky to be able to do your laundry at any time I kept going down there to check and finally there was one that was open so I hurried up and I got my laundry so I threw the laundry in the washer and I set a timer on my phone and I so I went back upstairs for a while and then I came down with like three minutes should be remaining on my washer mm -hmm. but I came down and there was a girl pulling my stuff out of the washer and it was all you know wet and not you know when clothes are wet they don't look very good and mm -hmm. there's a lot of underwear so I'm like embarrassed and enraged that this girl definitely cut off my time early and she's like pulling my stuff out just so she can do some too and so I'm like okay what do I do here so I, I like kind of go up to her I was like hey what are you doing that my laundry wasn't done yet and she was like I have to use my I have to do my laundry and all the machines are taken yours was pretty much done blah blah, blah. she's like yelling at me like this and I'm totally speechless because I I don't know what to do I can't like call her names or swear at her I don't know I'm you know I'm not that kind of person whatever so all this like from behind me these other girls they come up and they start yelling at her like how could you do this and they they're like very heavy accent and it's getting really heated and they're like mad at each other and I'm standing in the middle and this is like over my laundry. And this is at a time when I was very big into whitey, tidy whiteys. Oh, okay. So it's not good laundry that we're, <laughs> you know, shouting over here. And uh, it was very embarrassing. And I, I remember at some point the girls defending me were, are going, how could you do this to this boy? And in my head, they, you know, they're still like arguing in my head. I'm like, boy, I'm, I'm 22. But I don't know, am I, am I a man? That sounds weird. And so I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, am I a boy or a man? And these girls are, you know, defending me. Finally, the girls defending me started taking the other girls' laundry out of the washer. And it's like, okay, okay. I, and I, like, at that point, I finally was like, all right. And so I just moved my stuff into the dryer. They kind of diffused at that point. But then I just had to sit there for like an hour while my clothes are in the dryer because I'm thinking this girl's going to, you know, pull out my clothes from the other thing too. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of ruined my night. <laughs> but you had this, like, existential, am I a boy or am I yeah. a man, like, <laughs> standing over your wet I'm white like, underwear. Yeah. That's our show. Our theme music is by Danny Janino and our art is by Jen Hamilton. Also, a special thanks this week to Libby Spears and Blueprint Films. If you like the show, please rate us and give us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. Thanks for listening.